Kim Grace Podcast. Let's go. It's your girl, Cindy Grace, and welcome to another episode on the Walking Grace Podcast. You already know how it is on here. This is a platform where God turns all the messes that we've been through into a whole message and our tests and trials into testimonies. And so whoever I bring on here would either have a testimony or a message or even both, right? But today I have an amazing testimony. Listen, I'm going to take my time with this one and I want you to take your time too because the lady I'm about to introduce to y'all here, she is a phenomenal woman. Like she, she has defied life a couple of times. This is a woman that has been through stuff and God has, has shown the impossible through her, right? So I just hope that as she shares her message with you, her testimony with you today, that you can see that God can, if God can do it for her, God can do it for you. And God is still in the business of making the impossible possible, right? So without further ado, I just want to scream, welcome, my sister, (laughs) welcome, Mrs. Amber (laughs) Roberts. Like I want to introduce what she does, but I want her to tell us um, who she is, like before we go into the meat of her testimony today. Sorry, I'm so excited. I, I mean, I, I things things are not flowing the way it should flow, <laughs> you know. But I don't care, like, because I'm excited okay. to have her on here. You know, I met her um, a couple of years back um, in Heather Lindsay's Peaky Promise Conference, and. I just got attracted to her beautiful soul. And I know she doesn't remember quite a bit, but I I just, you know, I felt the warmth of her spirit, her beautiful soul, and that attracted me to her. So we we talked for a couple of minutes, you know, we shared Facebook contacts, and I've been watching her journey, you know, since I became friends with her on Facebook. And I've seen how God has shown himself through her health, her business, her family. I mean, it's, it's in, in, insane what God has been doing in her life, right? So today she's going to be walking us through the journey on how God has seen her through as a a sickle cell um, um, Amazon, that's what I call her, as a sickle cell Amazon. She is, honestly, and how she has defiled all the things that the doctors have told her that she couldn't be or she couldn't do and how God has shown himself strong in her life. So um, before we go into that meet, sister, please, first of all, introduce yourself to the people, you know, let them know who you are. Tell, tell them, you know, where you're from, what you do. Cause I know you, you own a business, your family dynamics. If you were a, if you've been a Christian all your life, or if you met Jesus later in life, right? So the floor is yours, girl. Yes. Okay, well, my name is Amber Roberts, and I reside in North Carolina with my husband of 16 years. Um, Celebrating 17 years this year. Time definitely flies. Yes, and I am a mom of five miracle children, and I am a co-pastor of Vision City Church. As well as I own a company called Love Amber Company, where fashion is our love language, which uh, was founded in 2015. And I also I help women entrepreneurs get started in their business, really launch them, giving them that foundational start, as well as coaching and mentoring, just um, loving people 
you know, loving people uh, where they're at and helping them to um, move forward in their life, not just by, um, you know what I mean, uh, school and work, but just trying to help them to find their identity in Christ and how that can be used in the marketplace as well. So um, that's what I do in a nutshell. And so um, I haven't always been saved. I got saved 20 years ago. I was about to, my math is a little off. 21 years ago, November 3rd, 2001. Mm. So I haven't always known um, mm. this way. And so, um, but yes, I have been saved for, for 21 years, just really running strong for the Lord. Um, just mm. in spite of, you know, just different obstacles, but each obstacle the Lord has seen me through. So. Absolutely. Thank you so much, sis. So let's get straight into it because we yes. don't waste time on here, right? Um, share your testimony. Tell us where this whole thing began. I mean, they already, I've already given mm-hmm. them a bit of, um, of where you are and who you are. Um, you know, so just let the people just take us through the journey of your health okay. and to the recent testimony mm-hmm. that God um, did in your life. Well, um, I, I was born with a condition called sickle cell anemia. Um, which is uh, to some, uh, to the doctors, they believe that it's a, it's basically a, a death sentence at a certain point in age in life mm-hmm. where um, it used to be you didn't make it past 18, 20, um, and long years ago, even probably didn't even live that long. Um, so I grew up with sickle cell with me and my brother. We both had sickle cell. And it was something that really took a toll on my life. I was very sick at a young age and um, I would have episodes. You have uh, episodes that are off and on, unpredictable. You never know when you'll have a crisis. I will find myself laughing in school, playing, and then literally within the next second, screaming out in pain um, because literally it can shift just like that yourselves to cause a blockage in your, in your joints for, and have a crisis. Um, people really didn't understand it too much back then. Um, they, um, at least the people around me, um, didn't really understand how you could be fine one minute and then sick the next. So you got accused Mm. a lot of just not being believed, you know, just needing attention and things like that. Yeah. And so the doctor says, no, you can't have kids. The enemy tells you, you did this, you can't have kids. So it's like screaming around you. Like it's impossible. You know, hmm. and so um, I go throughout my journey of life of, of, of and then I get married and um, my husband just prophesying to me, letting me know that God was going to redeem that which was stolen from me. You know, that hmm. it was not going to be a matter of he wasn't there to punish me. You know what hmm. I mean? That um, that I will be able to have children and I will be OK. And that hmm. I, he he would all every over every pregnancy, he would always prophesy that it would that it would end in the baby being protected because they would they would try to scare you okay yeah um, they would try to scare you and say um you know the baby this the baby that you this the baby could be addicted to drugs because if you get into a crisis and you have to take medicine and and i was just to be like i would just keep coming back with each time hmm. no my baby's fine my baby would be okay um, I remember one time a nurse standing at my bedside and it was like the third pregnancy and was like when are you gonna stop like <laughs> Like, haven't you, like, she was just, why do you, she, no, she's like, why do you keep doing this? She was just like, um, your luck just may run out. And I was just like, no, I was like, fortunately, I don't run on luck. I'm blessed. Mm. It's God. I mean, but these are the things that bold, bold things that people would say, um, Mm. that, 
you know, we have to really, you have to combat against those voices of the enemy to know that that God's promises for me are yes and amen. And so after the first child I had, I got a little bold. I was like, okay, well, I I was able to do it, you know, now, now, and here's the thing, you know, uh, when you have faith in God, it's not saying that things don't go wrong. Or things are just always smooth sailing. It's saying that I trust you that when things don't go the way I think they should go, but I trust you for the outcome. And so yes. for me, with my first child, you would think after that because I had a seizure. I never after he was born, I went wow. into a seizure. Um, that I never had a seizure my whole life. Um, I scared my husband, I scared my mom, and I wake up in a cat scan and doctors come running in, but I made it out. You know, I made it out. And so hmm. I could have I could have said, you know what? Well, that's it. They were right. I almost died. Maybe I just escaped this by the skin of my teeth. You know what I mean? Yeah. Other people may be like, oh, you were lucky. Yeah. You know, but I had to make a decision that, no, he didn't say I was going to have just one child. You know what I mean? So I have to believe God that it, it, it takes so much faith because it's like you're putting your life on the line. Yes. But it's like, God, you got to do it. You got to do it again. And so I had my second child, smooth sailing, no issues, no problem. Third child, smooth issues, no problem. Fourth child, I'm going to talk about the fourth child because I think it's important that people understand that hmm. when you have your ears to God's lips, there's nothing, he, he'll, he'll, he'll tell you the things concerning you. And that's how you know you have the mark of God on your life and that you're in the right place doing the right thing because you're not just out there alone. You know what I mean? And so with the fourth child, I ended up, uh, I was very sick. I had pain crisis for weeks where the pain wouldn't go away. And they were like, so enduring that, you have to take medicine. You have to take strong medicine. They were like, Hmm. oh, and this is when the, you know, the baby could be addicted to medicine, but but God gave me a vision. Of the hmm. baby being surrounded <laughs> and protected and shielded. So there's nothing, you know, so it was like, okay. And then I remember um, after that long bout of sickness where uh, the the doctor told my husband, because he, he was on his way out to go home and check on the other kids. And she said, well, you know what? There's nothing I can do for her. Like, we cannot help her. We don't know what to do. And he was like. Okay, and that's important too to understand to have a man of faith, <laughs> because he, hmm. he he don't just let stuff roll and go. Yeah, <laughs> no, and literally everything he's spoken has come to pass. And wow. he was like, he turned around so quick. He walked up to the hospital room, and he came to the room, and he'd be confusing me because he was like, "Get up!" I was like, "Get up? What you mean, get up? I can't get up." He's like, "No." <laughs> Get up. I need you to sit up. And he's like, because the doctors have said this, blah, 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 blah. And he was like, and we're not going for that. And we begin to pray in the spirit. We begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. We begin to declare, thus saith the Lord. See, sometimes, um, one of, actually, one of the things I said today uh, is that sometimes you think things are happening to you, but it's for you. It's you know what I mean? You. We had to yeah. begin to take on a mindset that because we had been in the same situation, but it was that yeah. determination that when the enemy comes to you and begins to lie to you, are you yeah. going to are you going to take flight and leave, or are you mm. going to stand up and fight? Mm. Two days later, I was I was I was released. You know what I mean from the ICU 
home. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Because he's just like, no, that's not how that's, this not this how this is going to end. And <laughs> after two weeks, of, I'm like, well, why did you just do that in the first place? No, but, <laughs> uh, you should have, look, you should have, you see, we should have did yeah. this the first day. No, but I, it takes time. It takes that boldness that to rise up in you. Yeah. When you're standing in the face of what they said, <laughs> you know? Mm. And so I remember going home and a couple of weeks later, I was having some issues in my um, yeah. on my side. And we went to the doctor, we went to the ER and they were like, oh, it's just a baby pressing against your lungs. It's, it's this, it's that, it's, you know, it's nothing. And so I'm like, okay, but I mean, this is. The baby ain't that strong yet. And so Mm. we go home. We go home. And uh, we didn't have a piece. We didn't have a piece. And I was just like, something's not right. Mm -hmm. And so we begin to to just pray. And Mm. he was just like, and this is just talking about one of many testimonies that that literally, Mm. I could be dead and gone, but God, because he speaks, Mm. because he knows. And he was like, He's, my husband said, God said pulmonary embolism. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, we didn't know what that was. So we get on the laptop and we Googling pulmonary embolism. And at this point, I'm not super spiritual. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm not super spiritual. I'm not, oh, the Lord has no fear. Is like, what? Fear is, is like, like, this is like, look, I'm still humanity human. comes in. Yeah. I'm still human. This yeah. get, get me back quickly. I'm scared because when I read mm. that and he's and I'm like, I, I mean, and when wow. he says God said it, I know it's not. It's real. Mm. So we get back to the ER. We rush back to the ER. We tell them what to look for. We say, look for a pulmonary embolism. So they rush me to get a CAT scan. Pulmonary and embolism. And um, I, so I tell the doctor, I'm like, and of course, sometimes. And that's another thing going through with sickle cell. <sighs> These hospitals do not understand. They don't. Hmm. They don't hardly care. They they treat you like you're a drug addict. They treat you like you're just there. And I'm not saying that people haven't abused the system, but hmm. what we go through is so hard. And I have so many stories of just even that alone, of just having hmm. to endure the, the 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 treatment of yeah. being in a place where you're not believed. So, but back to yeah. this, we, we, we get back there and I tell the doctor, I'm like, am I going to die? Cause you know, I'm reading pulmonary embolism. He's like, no, mm. if you were going to be, he was just like real nonchalant. If you're going to be, if you were going to die, you would have been dead already. And I was yeah. like, okay. So we, we get through that, but to know that literally so many people die from pulmonary embolism. They were what shocked. What is pulmonary? A what pulmonary embolism is a blood mm. clot in your lung. A blood clot in your lung, and most people die instantly. Um, there was a yeah, there was a doctor who had the same story, and she was an actual doctor. Because mm. um, my 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 um, OB told me what happened with her. She was an actual doctor who went in. They didn't see it. She died of a pulmonary embolism, which is a blood clot in your lung. It's the, it's very dangerous, and um, and so they were able to give me the medicine to dissolve you- it and to go through and treat me. But had I not came back, oh. You you don't sur- you don't you don't, you don't survive. survive that. No, and, and you were pregnant can, with your fourth child. And I was pregnant with my fourth child. Yeah, oh. and so it was truly it was God that revealed a pulmonary embolism. Like, and it was just like when you go through something like that, this is your faith is on a whole nother level New because level. it's like 
he spoke and we heard and it was certainly like it was not yeah and so your mind is blown like god you you are incredible you are amazing Mm -hmm. If if I if it was supposed to, if I was supposed to die and wasn't be, supposed to be my time, he would have never spoke that. You know yep. what I mean? If I wasn't supposed to have this baby and she wasn't supposed to be here, I wouldn't hmm. be here. But he spoke it, and so we got to the fourth pregnancy, which was the hardest one, you know. And then the fifth, hmm. the fifth one, which was uh, about nine years miracle apart baby from yeah. <laughs> my youngest was nine at the time, and we was like, oh, we're having a baby. What? And so. The enemy once again wants to rear his head. Oh, you're 40. You should have heard the things that they were telling me at the doctor's office. I was 39 at the time. And uh, they were like, we need to do this test. We need to do that test. She could have this. You have to think about what you would do if um, this comes back. At one point, they said, oh, she may need a blood transfusion in the womb. They thought I had some type of other stuff. And my husband was like, no. He said, this is going to be the best pregnancy you ever had. Your husband needs a, an award, <laughs> y'all. Like, let me he tell you said, something. They don't make them like that anymore. Yeah. Like, they don't. Yeah. He said, um, don't, he said, no, this will be the best pregnancy that you ever had. And uh, so all that stuff, I said, you know what? Uh, keep it. I don't need all y'all genetic testing. I don't need all that fear. I don't need all mm. that um, that tell me what could be, what couldn't be. Um, because yeah. sometimes they tell people what it is and it ain't. And then they, you know, yeah, they talk about abortion and terminating the pregnancy and all these things. If you think this and this, no, I'm good. And so I kind of am glad because even throughout the pandemic, it was the best pregnancy that I ever had and the less hospital visits I ever had because they didn't do, because my OBGYN had got fired or they, they had let them all go because of the let pandemic. So I was without a, a doctor for a while and it was a little scary. I was like, Mm, what we gonna what we doing here, God? Like riding by faith hmm. and so, during a pandemic. And during a pandemic, I want to add this: that a sickle cell crisis can happen about every two months, three months. It just depends. Um, hmm. About and and the crisis can be about a couple of days to a couple of weeks. Every five years, you'll have a crisis that may last a couple of weeks. For me, everybody's story is different. Hmm. And so I was like, God, I had to tell God, I don't want to go to the hospital. Um, during the pandemic, pregnant, you know, I don't want to mm-hmm. take that chance and didn't have to. Only time I went was voluntarily for uh, my, a doctor's appointment, and that was very mm-hmm. rare because mm-hmm. I, I went without a doctor for a while. So that was just a miracle in of itself. And mm-hmm. then for the so then when she was born, you know, um, it was just a miracle. You know, no wow. issues. Um, I do remember. <laughs> I will say this: I do remember God's hand is just amazing. Her coming mm. out and um, my husband saying that they were a little bit concerned because she wasn't crying and she was turning blue. And um, they had called some lady in the room and she was a, a, a older lady. And they said she volunteers at the hospital here. And they mm. said, we call her when the babies are having issues. And they called her in the room and um, she just said, hey there. And she turned back her color and began to cry out and was fine ever since. And so I was just like, that's an angel. Like, Hmm. God has you on every side. Everything that concerns you. You know what I mean? Everything that concerns you. Everything that concerned me. It was Hmm. like he was literally there, you know? Hmm. And so 
going throughout my journey with sickle cell before I lead up to this latest thing that happened, it was mm. like I took on a different mindset from when I was unsaved. I took on a different mindset. I became a warrior for God. I became angry now. at Satan. I Come became angry at Satan. And so mm. I, I took I, I, I began to spread a message that when you're in pain, look for your assignment. And the reason why I began to spread that message is because I said, God doesn't waste anything. Uh-uh. He said, all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord and have been mm. called according to his purpose. And so it's what that means is I'm not just sitting here suffering mm. just for the sake of suffering. There's a purpose so to your pain. It's a purpose. So what happened mm. was every, t- so then I said, okay, so I made up in my mind, every time you afflict my body, I'm going to, I'm going hard for God. Like Mm. I said, so, and I said, so if you have me up in this hospital, that's fine. Cool. Mm. But everybody in this hospital that I come in contact is going to know about God. So like there will be times, my husband is my witness, that I will be screaming out in pain. And then the nurse will walk in. And the next second I'm prophesying to her. I'm praying over her. I had doctors sitting on my bedside at times, <sighs> doctors crying, people, you know, because I was like, you may want to let me out of here because I'm going to keep on until I get out of here. And so because mm. I said, if I'm here, it's for a reason. Yeah. Um, so what is that reason with this latest uh, incident? And I'll go into that. Mm, it was definitely <laughs> um yeah. One of the greatest mm. miracles that I have experienced in my life. Mm. Cause you know, you've, cause I've experienced a lot, you know, of miracles, but with this particular miracle, I was, um, I was diagnosed with COVID-19 and, um, my whole family was sick and we had been like. avoiding this. Cause I'm like, people know with sickle cell, you can't get sick. Don't get sick. Don't get a cold. Don't get a flu. Don't get stressed. All these things trigger sickle cell. You know what I mean? And so I'm like, this is not what I wanted because I know what it does for the body alone by itself. Then you add sickle cell on top of it. And so our whole household was sick and I'm trying to take care Mm. of um, everybody. And then finally, um, I go down Um, and I go down hard (laughs) and um I'm trying to deal with it at home and I'm unable to deal with it at home. So then finally um, I'm taken to the hospital and uh, we get there and yeah, the worst, one of my worst fears was like, I don't ever want to be in the hospital alone. I've never had to be in the hospital alone since I've been married, which was 16 something years, 16 and a half years. And so with COVID, you can't have, um, people there so it was like it was just like a a, like I had to I remember God told me years ago dig a well he was like he he, he was like maybe four years ago he gave me a prophetic word about digging a well because you need to make sure that you have something in the well that you can draw Mm. from because a lot of people off they Mm. operate from an empty vessel they operate from just enough from running on E and barely getting by. And so hmm. at this moment in my life, as I was facing yeah. what possibly could be, I'm like, is this it? It didn't seem, you know, it didn't seem like it was, but you know, your, your natural mind hmm. 
goes to those places because I'm like oh. of everything that you've seen and experienced. And then to be told that not only do you have COVID, but you have COVID pneumonia. So, and so literally oh I'm in, you know, I'm just bleeding out of my mouth. It's just scary. Mm. And I'm like, what is this? What is this? And, and a part of it was demonic. First of all, yeah. let me say, let me clarify the, the, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. You know what I mean? Um, and so I was like, I was doing, I was going through these different phases and, uh, I had to do it alone. <laughs> I had to do it wow. alone. Dude. And I said, and God had to remind me that you, mm. yeah, your husband has been there, but I've been there too. too. And so this is a time that I'm going to show you that all you got is me. <laughs> He's there. And I, and so literally I went through that process of COVID pneumonia and I, it was so bad. And I could just do nothing but call on his name. And even though it was bad, it was weird, too, because they kept telling me, you're doing so good to have COVID pneumonia. I'm like, this is good. If this is good, then I'm scared to see what's, you know, because it was just like, because they were like, you you don't need the oxygen. You you desire, because with sickle cell, you have crisis, you want the oxygen. It helps the blood to flow through. But I didn't need it. So my oxygen never fell below 92. Most people with COVID pneumonias, oxygen falls super low and they have to be on oxygen for months and months after COVID pneumonia. It takes a really bad toll on the lungs. God shielded my lungs. He shielded my lungs. I had no lung damage. I had no lung damage. I'm thinking, oh, uh, maybe I need to be on oxygen. Doctor was like, if you desire it, but you don't need it. I'm like, are you sure? You know, and they kept saying, and I didn't have to take any COVID antiviral medications. That is so, I'm telling you, that's how I knew that a lot of this, I, that's how I knew it was, that's how they say, they said, we don't believe you need it. It was like, um, so if it's not necessary, we don't want to because it can damage your um, kidneys or something like that. And so they was just like, you, you don't need it. If we feel like at one point you need it, then we'll give it to you. And I'm like, so this whole time, I'm just like, this is strange. I'm like, but this is God. So I went through that process of being in the hospital and um, for almost two weeks. And then we were, I was released from, from the hospital mm. and I came home. But it didn't end. <laughs> um, I was at home and I was in excruciating, like a day later, I was in excruciating pain in my head. And it was so bad. I had never experienced, I, in my, and so when I told my husband it was worse than sickle cell, he knew something was wrong. Because they say that sickle cell, I mean, they say that there's no pain that's pretty much worse than that. Um, that it's one of the, it's, you know, they say even it's, it's worse than childbirth, you know. And so when I told him that, he was alarmed in his spirit. And um, I was like, I, I had to keep reminding myself and rehearsing God's promises because I'm like, this feels like it's over. Like, cause this pain is unbearable. You know, I heard people say COVID, COVID headaches. So I'm thinking, oh, maybe I have a COVID mm. headache. So I deal with it day in and day out. And I go from, and it was, it was in waves. So I'm screaming. Um, and then it's, and then, so my, I, I didn't want my husband to leave the room and he didn't understand like what is going on. She doesn't even want me to leave her side. Cause I'm thinking like, if I should die at this moment, I want you to be here. You know, I want, 
somebody to see me or find me. Cause that's how yeah. bad it was. So then finally, after nothing working, nothing, nothing worked on it. Nothing. Um, we, he takes me to the emergency room. And so we go back to the emergency room three days later after being released from the hospital. So I went through this pains mm. for three days and they say, um, well, <laughs> they said, well, we, we know why you're having the headaches. Um, and they were just like, you're, you have, you're, you have bleeding on the brain. Yeah. And we were just shocked. Yeah. We were shocked. We were like, so from this point, all his promises went out the window. Oh. I said, I think this is it. I mean, cause in my mind, I'm thinking like, yeah, this may be the final. I was like, is this the final blow? Is this it? So I'm just, you know, in my mind, I'm speechless because I'm like, what in the world? Cause you know, bleeding in my brain. God is like, and they was like, well, and she was like, well, it's not too big, but it's not, it's not too small, but it's not too big. So that didn't sound good. <laughs> so then I get rushed off. So we were at a standalone hospital uh, ER. So I get rushed off in an ambulance to the um, yeah. ICU, um, to the hospital. And I've never been in. A, I mean, when I tell you that. I was like, make sure we make it there. Cause they was driving so fast to get me to the, um, with lights and sirens. I had never experienced that before. And I've been in the ambulance plenty of times, but they never use lights and sirens. And, and so we get there and I go to the ICU. Um, and once again, he was allowed to be with me in the emergency room. But when we get to the ICU, they're like, well, it hasn't been this amount of time since you had first got COVID. Even though I wasn't, I don't have COVID no more. But because of the timeline, he couldn't be there. He so what? So, and here I am. I'm like, God, this is the worst moment of my life, and he can't be here. And I'm just trying to wrap my brain around that. Like, that I no. What do you mean? I'm crying. I'm asking them, can you please do something? Can you please yeah. let him stay here, please? You know. And so he wasn't able to. So he talked to me through the glass. We talked to the glass through the glass for about an hour. Um, um, I remember just uh, people calling me. And then I remember my brother-in-law. He's like, I want you to see yourself in your tomorrow. He was like, see yourself in your tomorrow. He said, I want you to see yourself doing Love Amber, going live. Mm. I want you to see. He was just trying to get me to focus on mm. seeing it. Because if you don't mm. see it, you know what I mean, then you can't yeah. grab a hold of it. And so I, at that point, I would say maybe for a couple of hours, I was not in that place to fight. I was not in that mindset. I was kind of like in defeated mindset because I'm like, I'm like, because they were like, well, we got to see if you're going to have to have surgery. So I'm thinking like. I just got through having COVID, being, uh, and I'm I'm sad because I, I mean I haven't been able to see mm. my children for two weeks, and then when I get home, I still haven't been able to see them because I was so sick at home. So then I'm thinking, oh, if you have surgery, that's going to be another wow. a whole long ordeal that I just don't feel mm. like it. I'm like I don't feel like another test, another trial. I had to tell God that. I had to tell him my real mm. feelings. Like, I, I don't want that. I, I don't want to have to go through weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And because, you know, thinking yeah. of brain surgery, thinking of recovery, thinking of all of that on top of sickle cell. And then it could possibly lead you back into a crisis because of the, you know. And so 
<laughs> my husband once again. The soldier and the cover. This is <sighs> Jesus. <laughs> Honestly, sometimes I, I want to even. Sometimes I, like, I won't even talk to your husband now, but like how, like, anyways, just keep talking since don't worry. For real. Cause he was like, how do you stay so strong? He said, he said, yeah, I don't, I don't know. He was like three days. He said my mom's birthday. Cause he, his mom had to come help us. She's in St. Louis. She came down to help us with the kids. And so his mom's birthday was on, um, January or December 22nd because in my heart I'm like I don't even yeah. have for Christmas but this is seems but this seems impossible it seems impossible and so his mom's birthday is the 22nd I this this happened on the 19th 21 yeah he's like you're gonna be home he's like I'm asking and believing God you'll be home by my mom's birthday you'll be home in three days and I'm like okay <laughs> Okay, three days. And so let me tell you what happened. So the first night of the ICU stay, you know, they're watching me. I'm going to the CAT scan literally every hour, no sleep, every hour getting a CAT scan because they want to make sure that it's not yeah. out of control. Then they're wanting to see, okay, are we, we're going to have to have surgery, you know. And then so the next day, the doctor comes in, the neurosurgeon, and it's like, okay, as of right now, no surgery. And I'm like, first, Miracle. first, first <laughs> uh, victory. Thank you, God. Thank you. Okay, I, we can, I can do this. Okay. No surgery. Um, hours go by. Okay, we're gonna let you go to step down ICU. Okay, so that means that we're making progress. The first night. So I so it was I stayed one night in ICU. That next day, I left that night to go to step down ICU. Mm-hmm. I got to step down ICU and I felt like I and I I kept telling my husband, I feel like I'm in a dungeon. I was like, babe, I was like, cause you know, you y'all cozy and warm in the ICU. They're they're watching you, they're coming in every few seconds. When I get to step down, it just seems <laughs> weird. And this is and this is how I also know it was a spiritual mm-hmm. thing going on. And I and mind you, during all this time, I was visited by angels. I know everybody mm. don't understand that, but angels would come, and I would be like, you know, I'm like this angel must like football <laughs> because I it would be on football, and I would never turn on football. And it was like, but my son, you know, he was praying mm. for me. I, I know it's weird. I can't get into all that because people don't understand. But God will assign mm. angels to you. He assigns Absolutely. angels to you, and, and so I just remember going into the second po- night where I felt like I was going down into a dungeon. And and I said, this looks scary. The room was dark and dingy. And I was like, and he's like, babe, you're not. And I was like, why did they put me in the basement? Why am I in the basement? And he was just like, babe, you're on the fourth floor. You're not in the basement. I said, really? But that's hmm. spiritually how I felt. And I said, babe, we got to call, hmm. call, call them. We got to pray. Something's not, the, the lady was really just not nice. The nurse, it was just hmm. a weird feeling. And then- um, so then after that, um, the next day I make it through that night and, and, and before I go into that, I made it through that night and then, um, a lady came to see me to give me an IV cause my IV kept going out and she began to tell me her testimony and she had a brain bleed before and 
we talked for two hours and mind you, she's not supposed to be in that long. And she was just like, you're my angel. You're my angel. I truly believe God has finally Mm. showed me out of all this time why I had to go through what I Mm. had to go through so I could come Mm. here to tell you that you could, that you're going to make it. You'll, you can live through it. Yeah. It was such a, and then this uh, chaplain appeared out of nowhere. She came, um, this lady came and prayed with me and it was just like one after one just ministering to me. Then that nurse left and the nurse that I had like a couple of years ago, she was real sweet, came into the room ministering to me. So we got through that night, but it was, it was such a God filled night, even though I felt mm. like I was in a dungeon, a dungeon. And then the next day I go to a regular room. So it's like each day we're moving up and past it. And then I'm released and I'm going home. So in three days? And I went home on the day that he said. Mm-hmm. I went home on the day that he said his mom's birthday was the next day. Your husband yeah. is a, I don't know, he's a prophet. He is. Oh, yeah. He's he a, is. He's a serious yeah. stuff. Like it's for you to yeah. have that kind of covering. Do you know, because as you were telling me this story and as I'm seeing God's hand go through, you know, being revealed on your life. I'm also thinking on the, about your husband. Like he knew that you had this condition and he married you, right? In- he knew, he knew because he was in, he, a thing about that was he was my best friend for four mm. years. So I, we didn't date, we didn't like each mm. other like that. We were just friends. So he saw the, um, the, what I had to go through. You know, he, he he would come to the hospital. He would bring DVDs. He would bring wow. food. And and um, and I even remember people being like, <laughs> people say some crazy things. Um, you When we decided to be together, he, they were like, well, you shouldn't marry her because she's going to stop hmm. your ministry. Um, look at us now. Look Are at him. <laughs> oh, and I, and I forgot a part. So I get home and I'm noticing something with my eye, my right eye. And I'm like. Something it just, I I couldn't put my finger on it just looks weird things just look weird so long story short over a couple of days I lost the right peripheral vision of my right side gone it just was like so you could only mm. see so that's why everything looked weird because it was you know it was just like mm. I was used to, like you're looking through a peep hole yeah like, you know because your peripheral vision helps you to see you know. And so, like, I, well, because I didn't know yet, I, did, yeah. I didn't understand why I kept bumping yeah. into, when I'm going to the bathroom, I'm going to bump into the wall. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, because that peripheral vision helps you to see that right there. So, finally, I do some Googling and researching, and I'm like, oh, okay, this makes sense, you know. And so, I do my own little test and stuff. I'm like, yeah, my per- my right peripheral vision is gone. And so, um, I, um, hmm. I, uh. I'm panicking a little bit because <laughs> I'm like, I, I I don't, I don't even want no after effect. I don't want, I need, I was like thinking of everything that I do. And I was like, no, I need that. And so my friend who has been like the prayer mm. warrior this whole time, she had um, been praying for me and she was like, um, hmm. she said, someone they didn't know. Yeah. Now listen, yeah. how God work. <laughs> she said, a lady hmm. prophesied to her and said there was someone with a brain bleed hmm. and that they will be healed completely. Hmm. And so she, cause she was in a service and she came back and told me exactly what they hmm. said. 
Now, mind you, they didn't tell me. They didn't tell her. It wasn't like it was, you know what I mean? It was like they literally prophesied. Hmm. Yeah. And so she came and delivered that message. And I said, yeah, I know it's for me. And so I just, I said, so I had to declare that I'm healed. It's okay, fine. I'm healed. It's coming back. It's all going to be returned to me, you know? And so um, long story short, I kept, I, um, I would, I had to wait a long 30 days to um, go back to the neurologist. And um, I went to the neurologist and um, my vision has been completely restored. What? Um, God did it. Mm-hmm. It was completely restored. My vision has been completely restored. And what about the, the bleeding in the brain? Thank you, Lord. Yeah. So... I wish I could actually show you, but I'll send you pictures because I don't know if you could add it to okay. this. But the brain bleed was about that big. And so I go to get my cat skin. The lady, she, when we about to leave, she was just like, oh, I'm praying for you. And then I just had this big smile on my face because I'm like, I'm believing God. I believe God. I just believe Hmm. God because it's supposed to take months. It could take six months to a year for it to be completely gone. And (sighs) I went back and the brain bleed was like so small. They had to zoom it in to where it was like a dot of like a, like a pin dot. And I, and I said, I needed, I told them, I need you to print this out for me. I I just took a picture of it. I said, but so that way I can show. I, and so they, they showed me the bleed when I came, the day I left the hospital. Mind you, it was even bigger the, from the ER. So I didn't never get the ER when it was bigger. But the day I left the hospital, which was three days later, and then up to now, I went back to the neurologist. And she was just like, oh, we're done seeing you. <laughs> you, you can... You you are released from our care. Oh, Lord Jesus. You don't have to come back. Won't he do it? And I was just like. <sighs> Won't he do like, it? God, you did it again. I was like, you just did that again, God. Thank you, God. Like he literally. I mean, when I tell you it was a miracle. Hmm. And it don't happen. It like don't that. happen like that. Not even that quick. It It was like. I mean, when he said about a healing on paper, I don't know. And even still, I asked him, I said, I, I need a reprieve. Mm. I don't want to be sick. I'll, and I ain't had a crisis since then. Mm. Um, and I mean, it's been three months, but it was like I, he did something in that. He did something in that. And it was just like, I mean, to know that I could have been paralyzed on one side of my body mm. I, my and and when I went to research about the mm. eye that could have never been restored back mm. at all but and so I'm just like god and so it's just the power of the power of prayer mm. the power of standing on the word of god mm understanding because that was a hard battle for me just to go through it without him being there. But even though he wasn't there yeah. in, in person, yeah. you know what I mean? My husband was praying. He believed God. We believed God together. Yeah. We had an army of people believing God yeah. for a miracle. Yeah. And it was a God miracle. It was, it wasn't just a, 
you know, it was a God miracle mm. that I'm still here. And I've literally ever since then, I've been like on fire. I have went, I just been like, I'm not, uh-uh. Mm. I said, when you go through something like that, mm. it changes you. It does. Because yes, I have went through a lot of miracles, yeah. but this one in particular was just different mm. because it was so marked by God. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To where that just don't happen. You don't just have a brain bleed mm. and get out the hospital three days later. That ain't, that's not, that ain't, you know? And so I was just like, you know, I I will, I, I'm ready to go hard. Like for God, like I'm, I'm, I'm just like, when you go through that, you look, look, you ain't nothing my God can't do. Mm-mm. And if he can do it for me, he can do it for you. And that's why God has given us, I believe, mm. the gift of healing and faith for other people. Yes. And God has allowed us to activate that mm. in the lives of other people mm. to pray and to even see miracles in their life. Mm. Sis, I don't even know where to start. Thank you for your testimony. But I just know God is not through with you. I know you're not going anywhere. I know you're you're going to you're you're here to stay to fulfill the mandate of God in your life. This is what I know for sure. And you see that husband of yours, he is an he is an angel that was sent to God to be with you in this journey through life because there's no one that could have stood in the gap like that man. And I want to thank God for everything that he's done in your life. Sorry, tell tell them where they can follow you on, please. You can find me on Facebook under Amber Roberts and also um, Love Amber Company, Love Amber CO. Um, those are my acronyms all across social media at Love Amber CO on Instagram, on um, Facebook and all of those pla- social media platforms. Thank you. And for those who've been listening, thank you so much for tuning in. And I just pray that this testimony would do things in your life. It won't just be something you've heard, but something you would experience yourself and something you can put into action and and see the hand of God in a way you've never seen it before. So till next time, take care. Please head over to iTunes to rate and review this podcast. We appreciate you sharing and being a part of this community. Until next time, keep living your best life. And remember, your gifts will make room for you when you make room for God. Do better because you know better.